Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the communications specialist in Syracuse University's Office of Alumni Engagement. I'm also a 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a degree in broadcast journalism. I am so glad you found our podcast. COVID-19 has caused a tremendous amount of stress on the United States healthcare system. Doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers are working overtime to treat potential COVID patients, often ignoring their own needs to meet the rising demand for care. As Kieran Pickering was watching the news coverage, depicting how overwhelmed the New York City area hospitals were becoming, he had an idea to provide healthy snacks and beverages for these healthcare workers. Teaming up with Cole Riley's company, Founders Give, Pickering has used his company, Mitchell's New York Logistics, to deliver more than 2 million products to more than 51 hospitals since their initiative launched two months ago. What started out as an effort to collect bottles of water and grab-and-go snacks to fuel the healthcare workers on the COVID-19 front lines has evolved to include donated items like bed sheets, socks, and deodorant. Born and raised in New York City, Pickering earned a degree in psychology from Syracuse University's College of Arts and Sciences in 2007. He joins us on the CUSE Conversations podcast to discuss this initiative for New York City area hospital workers and first responders. Kieran, thanks for making the time. Sure, not a problem. And thanks for taking the time to chat with me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I started working for Mitchell's New York Logistics about three years ago. Recently took over as a sales director for the logistics department which basically means I oversee, you know, any inbound uh, sales lead that comes in or any existing client. I'm just managing them on a day-to-day basis, trying to make them happy, trying to make all the deliveries go smoothly. Uh, You know, basically that's my job to make the customer happy and bring in new business. And, you know, that's my approach. With this company, with Mitchell's New York Logistics and and being the sales director, and you mentioned the clientele and, and customer service, why was that a fit for you? Why did you think that was a good uh, career opportunity that would match up with your talents? Uh, well, I started working in logistics after after Syracuse, and uh, the business I was working for actually got bought out by Mitchell's NY Logistics. So I was kind of a package deal as part of that uh, acquisition. So it's just something that I started doing after college and just developed a taste for, and you know, I've been getting better at it ever since. And um, really, you know, planted firmly at Mitchell's NY Logistics and uh, given me a lot of great opportunities, especially this one with Founders Gift. Yeah, that's a great segue, Kieran. People around the world are asking what they can do to help out for people that are affected by COVID-19, the global pandemic that as of now has taken more than 100,000 lives here in, in America. And it's it's been a horrible uh, pandemic. It's the first time in more than 100 years we've had to deal with something like this that is of widespread destruction and, and casualties. Um, and people are, are wondering how they can help out. Founders Give, so far I believe they've donated more than 2 million products between food and beverages to local hospitals and first responders and emergency care workers. How did you happen to get involved with Mitchell's New York Logistics and Founders Give to give back to such a great charitable cause? Well, when when COVID really hit New York City, uh, about 90% of my core business was affected. Either they were, you know, suspended their businesses or just straight up shut down. 
So I was looking for a, a project, uh, kind of scrambling. Uh, what can I do to help? What can I help do to use logistics to help in this time of need? Uh, you know, in addition to trying to keep my employees, you know, employed and looking for, you know, any business I could drum up. Um, Cole Riley, who was the, the president of Founders Give, uh, he was a former client of mine. Uh, and I basically was following up with anybody and anybody I could think of. I don't think I've sent more emails or been on the phone more in my life in the last two months, uh, which is nuts. Um, kind of reached out to Cole with a simple email. How are you doing? Uh, he called me an hour later, told me about this kind of idea he was brewing up. And then three days later, it came to fruition. So it was one of those things where I sent an email and it just clicked. It was cosmic in a way. Um, and then it was just off to the races from there. Now you talk about logistics and obviously mm -hmm. when you're, when you're going to logistics, um, there's so many things that go into, to planning, to orchestrating something like this. What has been your role logistically to, to work with Founders Give to make sure that the snacks, the food items, the beverages, that they make it and that they're, you know, because one of the biggest problems that we have in this country, uh, and we're seeing a lot of this with our farmers, there's a lot of products that are going to waste either because the consumer base has shrunk down or the method of supplying our, uh, our, our citizens with these products has ground to a halt due to COVID-19. So logistically, Kieran, how are you working with Founders Give to make sure that when a donation is made, when snacks and food items are, are supplied for these workers, that they're getting there, that they're actually being received and that they're, they're safe and edible? First, yeah, first of all, that's a great question. Uh, what's unique about Founders Give is the concept of when you donate uh, to a normal, you know, any other charity, you might not know where your product is ultimately ending up. Um, the concept behind Founders Give is really neat is because it tracks the inventory from the time it's received in my warehouse to the time it's delivered. Uh, there is social media backing behind it. So you'll, if you're, you're, a, if you're a brand and you, you'll see your brand in the hand of a nurse or a doctor or anybody. And that's the really cool part about it is tracking the actual donation from start to finish and the social media and, you know, the branding behind it. And that's the really neat part. And then whenever I see it, I, you know, I get a little like, you know, emotional because it's just so cool that, you know, all these brands are collaborating, you know, in, in, in a group effort to do this. So it's very unique and uh, really unique initiative. Take me through a little bit more in the background. And you mentioned you had worked with Cole before with Founders Given. How, take me through the lifeline of this. If somebody wants to make a donation uh, if, if food items want to be collected to give to, again, these hospital workers, how does it go from a donation being made to the delivery of the product themselves? We, you know, Cole really knew nothing about logistics uh, before this whole process. You know, I'll give him some credit. But um, we, um, you know, without my warehouse, which really just started the whole thing, uh, just knowing, having our connection, we always said we were going to work together on something big down the road. It just came to fruition. We created a very centralized, uh, detailed system for any brand to drop off their product. We required every brand to drop off at my warehouse, centrally located in Long Island City, New York, on certain days. And then we would guarantee the delivery within a week that they would drop it off. So the customers really, the brand really loved it. You know, I can come Monday or Tuesday, I can just drop it off. It's going to be received, itemized, and put on a truck, on a pallet, going to a certain hospital. 
and then it would be the yeah, social media behind it would be there for all the donations. Um, you know, we would do show the social media behind loading the truck and seeing the product on the pallet and then seeing it at the hospital. So it's really tracking the product from beginning to end, which is very cool. And unlike anything I've ever personally seen, which makes it very unique. We've profiled on this podcast alumni who have completely pivoted their business models to give back and help out to, again, this pandemic that we've never seen the likes of and trying to make sure that our our, our human beings and our colleagues and our, our neighbors are taken care of. Having that total control over from beginning to delivery of the products of these you know, snacks, these food items, and these beverages for the first responders. You mentioned you've never been a part of anything like this. Knowing that you're providing such an essential service and you're working with such a great organization like Founders Give, that's got to fuel you, right, to want to continue this initiative, knowing that you're doing something for the greater good. Oh, at 100%. When, I, we, first, when we first started this, you know, I thought it was an amazing concept. It just evolved faster than we thought we're not surprised by the success we're just surprised how fast everything kind of happened with over 300 brands willing to volunteer and donate product uh we've been you know at times it was a question whether can we say no to a client because we just have too much product and (laughs) we can't get it out fast enough that's (laughs) when we really realized that this was for real and you know it just was like you know kind of you know, humbling in a way, because it's like, wow, over 300 brands, including some of the big boys, like, you know, Colgate and Hershey's and uh, Chobani and Sabra and all the big boys willing to donate a a ton of products, which is really outstanding. Yeah, let's let's go a little further, Kieran, into some of those products that are being donated. Run the gamut for me. What types of products are we talking about? What types of snack foods and beverages are being donated, you know, through organizations and through individuals to make sure that, again, our healthcare workers are taken care of? So it really ranges. You know, I, I have a lot of my own clients in the food industry, so I rallied as many of them as I could to get on board. And they were, you know, the ones that were still producing products, they couldn't be more uh, helpful on that matter. Uh, you know, I had um, Phantom Bagels. I had Lifeway Yogurt, to name a few. Um, we really wanted to emphasize the help that we want to only receive healthy products to go into these hospitals to keep the, the people on the front lines, like, you know, feeling motivated, feeling appreciated, and also eating healthy. So that's a, that's a big uh, thing behind this whole thing is the healthy brands. And it really developed into now we're accepting, you know, uh, sheets from Casper Mattress and uh, toothpaste and toothbrush from Colgate and socks from Bombas. So it really is like, it's not just food and beverage anymore. It's more becoming like essential materials needed at the hospitals. And this stuff's not only going to the nurses and doctors, it's going to the people in the offices of the hospitals, the families of the patients. You know, I know this stuff's being tracked and it's all disappearing. So nothing's going to waste, which is really, really phenomenal. Again, with all the guests we've had on before on the podcast, a common theme has been that people are not surprised that during these trying times, generosity stands out. People want to give you the shirt off their back, so to speak, to help uh, with people who are suffering or who could use a hand, a helping hand during this pandemic. 
when did you realize that this initiative was really taking off? Or was there a watershed moment where it's like, holy cow, this is really making a difference? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I first agreed with Cole to work together, you know, I had to get the blessing of the, the higher ups in my company, you know, uh, because I did everything and still am doing everything on a donation basis. Uh, I'm not charging for any of my services, which a lot of people in the industry called me crazy, but I can live with that. I've been called worse before. Um, <laughs> the moment, you know, I promised Cole, you know, 10 pallet spaces in my warehouse and one truck a week. That was the agreement initially, you know, on, you know, not, not in writing. Uh, I guess when it really hit me is when Kindbar, who has been a great pr- partner in this whole thing, showed up with a trailer of 60 pallets, just like, here you go, take it. Uh, we can send another one tomorrow if you want. That's when I realized, okay, this is for real now. Uh, that, you know, these unannounced almost deliveries, you know, and that much product, like, wow, it's like hundreds of thousands of kind bars. So you can imagine how many people that it's feeding. Uh, and, you know, coordinating logistics to get that many pallets into as many houses as possible wasn't easy, but we created such a, you know, a regimented system that we were able to get all the product out that we received within a week of each other. So that was a very cool aspect of what we did. We didn't hold on to product for very long. We wanted to receive it and get it out as fast as possible. Any day that went by was, you know, we considered kind of a loss. So we wanted to, you know, push as much product out as fast as possible. It's one thing to have these donations, but to find hospitals, I'm sure they all were were really looking for 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 help like this. They were looking for products and and, and get some snacks and get some beverages. But how did you have to arrange the partnership? Uh, and were there any barriers you had to break down when it came to donations being accepted by these hospitals? Sure. And, you know, at the start of this, you know, it was amazing to me how the lack of communication between, you know, hospitals and and these brands, just maybe not a lack of communication, just they could never figure out the details behind the donation and how can we coordinate it. And that's kind of where we came in to bridge the gap between the hospitals and the brands. Like, we're going we're gonna to reach out, and I'll, you know, Cole did a lot of this work, reaching out to the hospitals and, you know, getting to the right people, talking to the right people. And ultimately, it just became like, like you know, clockwork. Uh, we created these relationships with, I think, about 60 local hospitals or more, and they couldn't, you know, it's hard for them to say no to products, so it just made it really easy, um, which has been great. But there was a little bit of a hurdle there to do that. But on behalf of the brands, we represent the brands, and then you know, coordinating all the details of each hospital. How much stuff can you use? What kind of stuff are you looking for? You want cold product? You want dry product? How much can you take? How often can you take it? And then just the logistics are easy from there. And being someone that's so logistics oriented, it must have been kind of fun for you, I would imagine, to kind of see these moving pieces together and figure out how you can make this puzzle all fit where all the needs are served, both of the donors and of the recipients. Absolutely. It's been amazing to watch. And, you know, the social media presence behind it, watching it unfold since I'm, you know, I work remote and, you know, Cole Riley has been at my warehouse more than I've been the last two months. So he's been on the ground, you know, overseeing the receiving the packaging and, you know, getting the trucks loaded with my warehouse manager. My warehouse team has been amazing on this whole project and my drivers, but it's been amazing to see unfold. And I just think it's the tip of the iceberg. So far through the first two months of this initiative, there has been more than 2 million units of product, food and beverages distributed to more than 50 hospitals. 
This is all across the Metro New York City area. If you watch the news, it, it was hard not to see how hard hit New York City and the, the Metro New Jersey, the tri-state area, how hard that area was hit by COVID-19. Um, when you come to these first responders and these, these hospital workers, you know, how natural of a fit did it seem for you to try to partner up and make sure that, you know, the supplies that were being donated, that they were going, that this made sense to you as far as the recipient base, making sure that it goes to these people in one of the hardest hit areas of the country. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was a no brainer. I mean, we tried to, we really thought about this in the beginning, like, what hospitals, you know, need more product? How do we figure out what, what to send where? And we tried to really figure out what are the hardest hit hospitals and see if we can do more and more deliveries to them. Uh, a lot of hospitals said, you know, I'll only take one pallet or, or said no because they already had too much product, which was encouraging, um, which was great. And, um, but yeah, really like, you know, watching the news like everyone else, you know, I would, you know, we would talk with Cole and like, oh man, this, this hospital is getting really beat up right now. Let's, let's, let's focus our attention there and to this, these other five and see what we can do because they really need it right now. And it just kind of expanded from there. And, and did you get a chance, Kieran, to see, you know, some of the reactions from whether it's hospital administrators or, you know, whomever you're coordinating these drop-offs, what has been the response been of some of these hospitals where again, you know, they're, they're working tirelessly, they're doing their jobs. Do you think a lot of them were surprised that so many people wanted to help out? I really do think they were very surprised. You know, I heard a lot of stories of like, you know, unhealthy foods in hospitals and day old coffee. And, you know, they weren't, you know, getting, you know, there wasn't a backing there. These people are working 12, 14 hour days. I have, you know, two cousins who work in the hospital, local hospital. So, you know, I'd speak to them about what was going on to get some more information to see how I could help. Um, but yeah, just, you know, when I see the social media posts for Founders Give, it just, you know, it makes it all worthwhile. Uh, yeah, I would say a lot of them were extremely surprised and definitely very grateful. And that's what it's all about. Um, they're, at the fr- they're on the front lines. They're at the focus of our attention. Um, now, that's how this whole thing started. How much more personal too, though, is it for you, Kieran, knowing that, you know, you're, and for our audience to let them know, as we're sitting here talking with Kieran Pickering, that you are a born and raised New Yorker. So when you're seeing the struggles of your city, when you're seeing the struggles of a place that you've grown up and you love so much, that had to be extra fuel for the fire to make this, you know, work as seamlessly as possible. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, in my sales approach to any, any kind of lead or anyone I approach, it's always about understanding their business and understanding the need and understanding the want and like, how can I help you, but how can I help you more on another level to, you know, make your business profitable. And, you know, I'm going off tangent there, but it's just kind of my approach to, you know, how I approach most things in life. It's just like, how can I care for these people? How can I like show my appreciation? You know, cause I always thought that people in ERs and whatever didn't really get, it was like an oversight. They didn't really get appreciated for all that they do. And now, I mean, that's, that's, that can't be more the opposite now. And I think it, that's really crucial. And we've been helping that process. And, you know, being able to provide like the physical, emotional, and mental fuel to those on the front lines who really need it has been extremely rewarding. How have you guys worked, again, with Cole and Founders Give to get through some of those hiccups that maybe, you know, came up along this process? You'd be shocked. Like, there were literally only, not many, not many hiccups at all. 
to be honest with you, which was really amazing. Uh, I gave Cole a crash course in logistics in two months. So, you know, anything he needed to know about coordinating deliveries or, you know, how many pallets can I fit on a truck or, um, you know, how many hours can I have the truck on the road? This was all systematically, you know, derived from the very beginning so we could build out a process that worked and create structure. Um, I guess a few hiccups, you know, trucks being too tall for a loading dock, uh, but, you know, that was never told to us. Or, uh, you know, there was a couple of times, you know, early on, like some of the bad hospitals where we'd be bringing product in and there'd be gurneys coming out with dead bodies. So that was, that was, that was very, very upsetting to some of my drivers. So we really had to take extra precaution with my drivers. Um, we would make sure that they wouldn't get out of the truck, that we would just pull into the loading dock and drop it off and go. Because my biggest concern at the start of this was if my driver gets sick, he doesn't know it, then it can infect my whole company. So it's something I had to take great care and assessment with and make sure the drivers were kept out of harm's way and obviously protected the entire time. Are there specific precautions, Kieran, that you had to make sure for your drivers, for the delivery people to ensure that, yeah, they're putting their life on the line and they're not going to be at risk of coming back you know, testing positive for COVID. You know, not really part of my job to talk to the drivers, but I felt it was my responsibility to, to let them know that I was doing everything in my power to make sure that they were protected. Uh, obviously, ensuring they were wearing masks and gloves at all times, never getting out of a truck. Name a few because a lot of these guys have families at home. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that they were, you know, being cared for and showing the respect and appreciation for them at the same time. And thankfully, knock on wood, there was no issues whatsoever. So I'm glad that, that worked out because that could have been a little bit of a dicey situation. It was one of my great hesitations going into this, but it was managed the right way from the start. Now, if people are listening to the podcast and they want to get involved in supporting this great, uh, this great initiative through Founders Give, what's the best way that they can make a donation of, of food items or beverages to, again, benefit our, our healthcare workers? So the best way for now would be to go to www.foundersgive.co. Uh, there's a little tab on there to say get involved, and then we'll get, definitely get back to you ASAP. Uh, what we're doing currently, um, we are going to be, this started as an initiative. Um, we're turning it into a national 501c3 nonprofit as of hopefully July 1st. So that allows us to uh, create a, a bundle of opportunities for us. Um, we are looking to have two approaches in this, a reactionary approach with, to COVID, uh, hurricanes, anything like that, and a reactionary approach where we are looking to donate food to NYC hospitals, NYC public schools, things of that nature. So the, you know, the opportunities are endless right now, but we are uh, turning this into an actual national nonprofit effective July 1st. Which is, which is great news, I think, for everybody. Especially when you're talking about making a lasting impact through the greater good. And this initiative, you know, the fact that it can live on, granted, we hope there's never another coronavirus for as long as we all live and that this pandemic, you know, is the, we, we, we get through this sooner than later. But the truth is, these issues are going to pop up again. There's going to be natural disasters and emergencies. So to know that this company, this initiative that was, was founded during the times of this you know, pandemic with founders give the fact that this movement is going to live on beyond coronavirus. You know, it's encouraging because you're starting a movement that can hopefully inspire people to want to give back again to the greater good. 
you know, even when times are good, there's still donations. We still can't forget about our hospital workers when this pandemic passes through. It's exciting news to me because halfway in, we weren't sure, you know, where it was going to go, you know, how far would we take it? Uh, like I said earlier, we weren't surprised by the level of outpouring and, and the level of success with it, but we ultimately decided it was the right move to take it to the next level. Um, which is really exciting. Let's go back to your Syracuse connections. You graduated in 2007 with a degree in psychology. How on earth did you transition from psychology to being so passionate about logistics and these different multi-layered approaches to problem solving? Well, that's an interesting question. Kind of just fell into a job outside of college. It really wasn't what I wanted to do, but it was income at the time. And it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of, you know, I got, introduced to some very interesting people. Um, I had some amazing clients, still do. I don't know, it just gave me kind of the, allowed me to be creative and allowed me to be my own boss. And it was just kind of interesting. And I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very OCD by nature. So problem solving is what I love to do uh, as much as it may aggravate, aggravate me at times. But yeah, it's just kind of something I fell into and just kind of developed a, a bigger knowledge every day and a, and a love for the, the uh, industry. And uh, I'm glad I stayed in it. When you look back on your time at, at Syracuse and as a, as a proud Orange alum, what are some of the lessons that have really stood out to you and served you well, especially while you're working on this awesome movement during the pandemic? I mean, I, I had some amazing experiences, amazing professors at Syracuse. Um, feels like an eternity ago. I didn't think I, I guess I, Never thought I'd be in this situation in my life looking back. Uh, as we referenced to earlier, I definitely wanted to be an architect. I thought that was for me. That's why I went to Syracuse in the first place. First couple of years at Syracuse was a little rough for me, but I, I found my way and I learned how to be, you know, more productive, more mature. And ultimately I have, you know, the university to thank me for that. To thank for that, I have had a lot of great professors there. I, mean, I always remember the impact they had on me. When someone finds out that you're, you know, a Syracuse alum, what do you want that message to be that they receive? What does it mean to you to have studied at Syracuse and to be part of the alumni family? I bleed orange for life, absolutely. Ever since 2003, when uh, Carmelo Anthony and uh, tore down the nets there, you know, I've been hooked ever since. Uh, great campus, great education. A little cold, a little dark, but you know tough New Yorker can, can get through that. Um, just uh, an amazing experience. You know, I have, you know, a lot of friends who I still talk to to this day. Uh, we're actually playing a poker tournament tonight. All of, all of my friends from day hall. Uh, so day eight represent. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was great. It's great to hear you talk about the fact that I know so many of my, you know, my friends do it too, where you have these, you know, these Zoom poker nights or these Zoom trivia nights or ways to just kind of get in touch while we're dealing with quarantining at home. And obviously this is the new abnormal. We hope to be through the pandemic sooner than later, but it's good to know that there's great movements out there like Founders Give and Mitchell's New York Logistics teaming up to make sure that our hospital workers are taken care of. And, and again, it's, it's the littlest things, you know, making sure that they have a healthy snack in between their shifts, making sure there's a clean bottle of water that they can take a sip of in between visits to their patients. It's just, it's the little things, Kieran, that really impressed me about this movement and this initiative. And when I found out that there was a Syracuse connection to it, I was not surprised at all because we've had so many of our alumni making a difference on the COVID-19 front lines. So I really want to say thank you for all your hard work 
uh, that you have been doing working with Cole on this great initiative with Founders Give. And uh, it's great to know, too, that, again, this will continue beyond the pandemic. Sure, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And I guess I just want to thank real quick all my drivers, all my office staff, all my warehouse workers, uh, all our other partners as well, because we got so big to the point that I had to start outsourcing some deliveries and warehousing. So I want to give big thanks to Hall Street Storage, to Raven Transport, and to Always Express. They've been amazing partners. And yeah. And uh, one little tidbit that I just got a text about from Cole, I didn't know this was true, that apparently this initiative is the fastest growing in the history of New York City in terms of a nonprofit. And in, in terms of product donated, it's the most ever to NYC hospitals in New York City history. So that's pretty cool fact. It gives me some goosebumps for sure. Nearly 2 million products have been delivered to 51 hospitals so far in more than two months of having this initiative out there with Founders Give. Go to foundersgive.org to find out how you can get involved in this awesome initiative of giving back to our healthcare workers in New York City. This thing all started with, you know, making sure the people on the front lines were taken care of. And like, that's been the drive ever since and always will be. The, you know, the goal is to make sure the product gets to the people who need it. And that's always going to be the mission behind Founders Give. And, uh, you know, there's been some, I've seen some incredible acts of generosity and, you know, over the past two months. And I'm going to continue to see that. We have amazing brands on board that are in for the long haul, which is really amazing. It wasn't even a hard ask. It's just like, how much can we donate and how, you know, how often? Um, getting that kind of response is really amazing. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, that 7 p.m. clapping, I don't know if you're doing it in Syracuse, but we do it a lot in New York. I think that's going to be something that goes on for a very long time, and I sure hope so. Well, Kieran, it's been a pleasure having you on the Cuse Conversations podcast. Again, a perfect partnership between your love for logistics and your working with clients to come up with solutions to a problem. Uh, it has been fantastic telling your orange success story, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, John. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Go Cuse. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast. 